in a darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the holy with holy thunder who leaves us breathless in all in wonder the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love let you
Well, welcome to Florence Christian Church. So great to be here worshiping with you today. Uh, my family and I spent a couple weeks in Colorado and are excited to be back, especially last Sunday we were driving for 13 hours. We definitely missed you last week. But anyway, now that we're back, a whole bunch of stuff going on. We just want to point you to our program and, and have you look over some of those things. Uh, we've got camp coming up here for the summer next week. Actually, on Sunday, we're heading off to to middle school camp. It's still not too late to get signed up for that. Uh, and so if you are connected to a middle schooler, just get them in contact with me. I'll be around and about today. And so I'd love to chat with you about that. Also, Vacation Bible School and our high school camps are coming up as well. And so we hope that you will be involved in those ways. Uh, we have a handful of envelopes out in the lobby still today. We have been fundraising to make sure every kid that wanted to go to camp was able to do so. And you guys have been able to raise $4,342, yes, which is awesome. Uh, and, and that's about 85% of our goal, but right now I think we're pretty sure that there will be no child that doesn't go to camp because of money, so thank you so much for that. Right now, uh, each of those envelopes has a child's name in it that we are asking people to be praying for, and so today we just want you to grab an envelope, forget about the dollar amount on it, take that card home, pray for that student throughout the summer months, especially during their camp time. Uh, I think I saw a couple of them on the prayer board also, so grab those, pray for them throughout the summer. We know that God is at work in those things, and uh, that's the most important thing right now. So grab an envelope on your way out to be praying for a kid. Don't worry about the money part. I mean, unless you really want to. Okay. Um, we have been announcing uh, Dan being installed as an elder, and that was uh, looking to take place this week. We're going to move that to next week just to be able to spend our time celebrating today. Uh, we have uh, Fred Weatherly, who is retired pastor, works at uh, the hospital as a chaplain. He's going to be sharing with us today, and he's been in Matt and Tiffany Holdall's group for a while, so he has a special connection. Uh, today, we're going to be ordaining Matt. We're going to be celebrating with their family as they move to Albany and to start a ministry there, and they're replanting a church there. And Rochelle, this is her last Sunday with us as well. She's going to be joining them and, and helping with music stuff in Albany, and so we want to celebrate with all of them. And so a little bit different service today, uh, just to, to let you know that that's coming. We will be taking a love offering for the Holdalls uh, during these services to gift that to them as they head uh, to Albany. And so in the pews in front of you, you'll see an envelope that has a heart on it. And, and so if you wanted to give something special to Matt and Tiffany, we ask that you put it in that envelope. And then the other envelope is for your regular giving. And so we just wanted you to know that that's there to differentiate the two. Uh, we also want to invite you to hang out and come back after second service for a barbecue and time to just hear about their ministry a little bit more and what's going to be taking place there and uh, barbecue with us, enjoy some food and time to together. We want to invite you also, uh, there's a photograph outside uh, in the lobby that we want to invite you all to sign and, and write a note and, and that kind of thing on just to continue to celebrate uh, what God is doing in their lives. And so we just want to point you to those things. And uh, I thought today's verse was appropriate. And even thinking about Matt and Tiffany and, and all uh, the, the worry that could come along with in today's verse uh, just spoke to me. It says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride uh, in you. Do his best for you. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. 
to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you are in charge. God, and that it's not us, that things don't go according to our will, but we pray that they would go according to your will. And this morning, we want to put you at the center, the center of our hearts, the center of our thoughts, and uh, the center of our lives. God, we just ask that you'd open your word to us, God, that we would have our hearts opened also to one another. God, we thank you again for providing so graciously to us. In uh, your son's name, I pray these things. Amen. All right, go ahead and stand up and greet one another. Don't be afraid to walk across the aisle to meet somebody you have not met before. Good morning, Tiffany. All right, let's continue to stand and worship this morning.
Continue to stand. Let's just stand and worship our Father this morning. Lift your hands up to the air. We're going to sing how good He is. Oh, 
No 
are worthy of our praise. Father God, we praise you this morning. We thank you, Lord. We pray that you would bless the message this morning, that you would minister to our hearts, Lord. Speak, speak to each one of us today, Lord, in your name. Amen. What a wonderful worship, and thank you so much for all of that. Well, good morning. I, um, I did note uh, about the love offering envelope, and my words today are the love sermon for Matt and Tiffany, and for all of us who are to be witnesses of good, good news. It is so, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, my wife and I, Sharon, if you stand up, Sharon. My wife and I have been here about 10 months. And we've been a part of the whole doll community group uh, during that time. And that group has helped us in our transition into semi-retirement. Uh, semi-retirement. And, uh, and our, our adventure here at Florence uh, Community Church. And it's been so good to be a part of you. And it's so good to be a part of this special day. Now, by the way, um, I preached in California for like 30 years, like twice a Sunday, uh, and I haven't spoken for 40 weeks, but who's counting? Um, <clears throat> and so I might be a little amped, uh, that fire in my bones sermon will draw, um, and you guys give me a chance to get caught up. I've been asked to give a charge to the candidate. A charge to all of those who take seriously being witnesses of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My words today are for all pastors and elders, foundational leaders, and ministering members of this congregation. Now, in interpreting Scripture, context is everything. And our Scripture references today are from uh, the first book of the Gospel of John, and also from chapter 3. But um, you will note that in the first chapter of the Gospel of John, written by the beloved disciple John, he weaves two stories together. He weaves the story of Jesus with the story of John the Baptist. Then he goes to Jesus. Then he goes back to John the Baptist. Then he goes to Jesus. And then he goes back to John the Baptist. And you're reading this thing, and, you're, and of course, John the Apostle writes about John the Baptist and Jesus, and you know, so you kind of have to get it right in your brain. But he writes of the word that became flesh and dwelt among us, but then he writes of, about the one who prepared the way of the Lord. The one who kept pointing and said, Behold, and gaze upon that individual. And so the Apostle John writes of, of Jesus and then John, and how God-like to allow human vessels to be a part of the great God story. He takes the meta story and he combines it with the little minor narrative of various individuals in Scripture. And what a joy to be of those who tell the meta story uh, and get to be vessels to do that. You know, I, as a chaplain, I hear a lot of stories at the hospital. <clears throat> I enjoy asking patients about their faith and about how they came to know God. Last week's special, and I got permission, um, there was a story about a tall Tennessean. Um, and the patient was telling his story. He kept talking about a tall Tennessean who was a co-worker on the job who one day talked to him about Jesus and a few weeks later asked him if he wanted to receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior. 
And as the story unfolds, not only did this man pray to receive Christ, but then he, there was discipleship. Um, um, and then there was this man's friendship through the years. And so for three days in a row, when this particular patient talked about his God story, he talked about the tall Tennessean. And I'm thinking, how godlike to allow, um, to use human vessels to tell his great, great story. It's the incarnational principle, and the incarnational principle extends to us. When God shows up, it is usually in the form of a person. At Bethlehem, or in some desert, or at some Jerusalem temple, or at some well in Samaria, and even in Albany. When God shows up, it's in the form of a person. He chooses voices to prepare the way of the Lord. All of our God stories have a beginning and perhaps your God story began with a parent or a grandparent, a Sunday school teacher, a VBS worker, or a worship leader. Uh, and occasionally, even a pastor gets in on the action. So we get to be voiceless. How cool is that? The incarnational principle was the Father's master plan. God not only sent his Son, but he sent those to prepare the way for the Son. John was that voice calling in the wilderness. Oh, in a unique wilderness we are all in. Our wilderness is one of little stories, of small stories. In fact, we are so enamored with our little stories. You know, we post them on Facebook, you know. It is easy to lose sight of the big story. I mean, a selfie a day keeps God away. We are so caught up in our little world with our little stories, yet in those little stories, we have all like sheep gone astray. And our biggest need is to come and to know and experience the stories of Jesus. And we tell the stories of Jesus over and over again so they might become our stories and we might also live those out. And oh, the world needs shepherds to come and find us and throw us over their shoulders and take us into the Father's care. We really are thirsty for something bigger, a larger narrative, a more powerful story. But only God's story can do that in us and for us and through us. We need those that prepare the way of the Lord. Meet John the Baptist. My message was entitled, Mottos for Being the One Preparing the Way of the Lord. Let's have our first slide and we'll read these with you. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that, he all might, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. That is what I want to highlight. He was not the light. He came to testify about the light. And I appreciate Aaron's, Pastor Aaron's comments a few weeks ago. He says, lessons of enlightenment. There is a God. You are not it. <laughs> but we are so fortunate that we get to testify to the light, to bear witness, to point the way, to prepare the way. You know, pastors have a unique calling. <clears throat> they are called to celebrate sacred moments. They are there for weddings or memorial services or baptisms. Um, they are highlighted each week, Sunday after Sunday. Uh, they, are, they are highlighted. And if they're uniquely gifted, you know, they can just walk into the room and all eyes are on them. I mean, this is an amazing thing. 
Um, as a pastor, it is easy to start to think a bit highly of oneself. The thing that Paul warns against. But John got it. He says, I am not the light. I came to point to the light and bear witness of that light. I point to the one full of truth and full of grace. Ah, oh, It's not about us, folks. It's about God and His glory and Him alone. We continue with our scripture. Let's see. And John confessed, and he did not deny it. He confessed, I am not the Christ. He said, I am a voice of the one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. And we'll continue. And John answered them saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. We'll cycle. He who is coming after me, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. The laces aren't even worthy to untie. Now, in, in uh, their culture, uh, the most menial low bar slave of the house was the guy who had to wash the feet and take off the sandals and, you know, the fun stuff. And John, when he looks at himself, he says, I'm not even worthy to you know, like take off his shoes and wash his feet. And I'm not even worthy of the most menial tasks for this person. Now, how is that for a perspective of humility? Humility is to see ourselves for who we are, the good, the bad, the ugly, so in need of grace. Sure, we have gifts, and we need to see our gifts and seize our gifts and step up in our giftedness, but we also have limits, high moments, low moments, hang-ups, hurts, habits. Not all our sins are previous to our conversion experience, and to have humility is to have the proper perspective of God. For when we gaze upon God, we see the one who takes away the sin of the world. We see the truth. We see the grace that this world so needs. We'll continue with our, our scriptures, please. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from above. We'll pause there. Now, if there was ever a motto for ministry that means something to me at least, that's this one. A man receives nothing, not a call, not a gift, not an opportunity. A man receives a, not a person to work with you, not a person to sit, to come on your ministry team, not a person to come to a worship service. Now, John knew that his calling and that everything he got to do for the Lord was a pure gift. Now, note that John did not say, my popularity is because I'm a great speaker. I eat honey and wild locusts every morning for breakfast. I wear this cool, but it's kind of hot, camel's hair vest while speaking. No, John knew that pastoral success depended on who God sent Pastoral success, like being a small group community leader, is about receiving those sent, woven in by a bigger hand, dispensed by God, poured out into your sphere of influence. Now, understand there's a little flock there already in Albany, but the flock that has not even shown up is the one who will determine the future of the church. This is where great trust comes into play. 
Trust that God that is mighty to save is mighty to send. By his design in his time, those who will worship and serve as the new church in Albany. The successful, the successful leader will let the Spirit weave in and graft in and pour out and dispense. And so be ever submissive to God's vision and God's design, for that is what will determine the harvest. Yet when your flock needs a children's worker or a youth worker or a building and grounds person or those members on your leadership team, pray it up and trust it up that he is mighty to sin. Now, you know, start, uh, a restart, uh, starting a new church or a restart is actually harder than starting a new church. And so I've been kind of worried about you a little bit. Um, but, you know, I heard the most exciting thing the other day. I heard that Rochelle is going to join you. And I'm thinking, they actually might make it. I also hear Bob, no, no, we're drawing the line right there. (laughs) Let the weaving begin. He's already picked them out. He's going to be sending them. Let the weaving begin and graft them in, okay? Okay, so we'll continue with our slide there. You yourselves, as my witnesses that I said, I am not the Christ, but I've been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears them rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. He must increase, I must decrease. If ever there is a motto fitting for the messenger and fitting for pastoral success, that's the one. You know, the ego needs to be that great achiever, to be the world-famous pastor or the mountaineering guide, and to be held in high esteem. I have known some great wilderness guides, and I have known a few great pastors, and they had this thing in common in the illustration. You will hear it. Breaking trail. Now, Vern Clevenger is a world-famous climber and photographer that lives in the eastern Sierra and for years climbed in Yosemite, in fact, did some of the first routes. But Vern Clavenger has also led cross-country ski expeditions from the east side of the Sierra Mountain Range to the west side of the Sierra Mountain Range. Now, we're talking cross-country skis with skins, and we're talking 6,200 feet, up to 10,500 feet, and then down a couple of thousand feet, and then back up a couple of thousand feet through Yosemite in the middle of the winter. And in Mammoth, it snows 25 feet an average winter, and in this particular winter, it snowed 51 feet. And so it takes people about seven days to cross the mountains unless there is a storm, or a second storm, or a third storm. I see that everybody's ready to sign up, right? Oh, come on. Let me tell you the the great things about snow camping. There's no dirt, and there's no bugs. And when you need a a shower, you get the snowball, and you go, ah, primal spring shower. You're all good. That's how you do it. But breaking trail is super hard. Now, in powdery conditions, you're going downhill, and the snow is like floating over your shoulders. Oh, it's just so fun. But most days, it's like Sierra cement, 
And it's like trudgery, and it's slow, and it's sticky, and it's uphill. And then there's breakable crud. You know, you take a step, and then the snow collapses under your feet. And then you take another step, and it collapses under your feet. So you're just like digging out of a hole all day long. I asked Vern how he gauged success in his Trans-Sierra expeditions. And Vern says, well, it's good if we all survive. No lost members, no avalanches, no frostbitten toes, fingers, ears. But what's really important is that each member of the group learn to lead. Vern, you're the leader. He says, yes, on day one. I take the map, I take the compass, and I break trail, and they follow. And breaking trail is hard work. But on day two, I get out the map and I get out the compass. And I ask, who will break trail today? And on day two, three, four, five, six, seven, I ask, who will break trail today? And on the seventh day, if we make it in seven days, I ask the weakest person in the group to break trail. Because they are the ones that carry us across the finish line. Sure, we could get there faster if I broke trail. But the only days that Vern breaks trail after day one is when others are too exhausted or it's the worst storm of the Sierras. I just encourage you to trust the weaving and the engrafting and that the God uh, that is mighty to save is mighty to send. And then Vern says, I must decrease. They must increase. Got it. You know, Matt and Tiffany, uh, you've been well-trained. Corbin, previous mentors and and church pastors and pastors here of this church. But I trust that that it's our community group that has helped train you a bit. Because we have been so human and so messy and so fallen short of the glory of God. Yet so thirsty for a larger story. I hope we've trained you up well. In this vast wilderness where our little stories seem to be the only focus, how then shall you prepare the way? Well, Tiffany, you and Matt love hymns. You love this one. So they, may it be your doxology and your methodology. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story, for some have never heard the message of salvation from God's own holy word. Tell them the stories of Jesus. Write on their hearts every word. And then sing as Keith Green sang, O Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I seek. For when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me. And when I'm doing well, and well you shall do. And when I'm doing well, let me never seek a crown. For my reward is giving glory to you. We're going to do something fun now. I have a sending blessing. And the way you're going to help me with this is by uh, joining and with the phrase, Just give me Jesus. Okay, ready? Just give me Jesus. We're on it. In a world enamored with selfies and lesser stories, Just give me Jesus. When your flock gets overly focused on the law and has forgotten that 50 times God says love one another. 
when explaining the finer points of theology from Genesis to Exodus. When you're called upon as wise counselor, chief administrator, charismatic leader, head janitor, hone those skills, yet stay true to one aim. When their hearts are cold, their prayers are old. When they have too small a vision and are in need of renewal. And when their lives have become messy, their sin is ever before them. Restore to them the joy of their salvation and help them grow from glory unto glory. Matt and Tiffany, you've been called to prepare the way of the Lord. Go with their blessings, go with the love, go in the Spirit, and like the Father, amen and amen. We could have the elders come forward, and Matt, if you would come forward. Matt's been a longtime community member, graduated from high school here. Uh, he's been back with his family. He's do, been doing an internship for the last couple years here. Go As he's been going to Corbin University, he... Uh, has studied late nights and got up early mornings with us to um, with the elders spending time with us, and so we wanted to come this time and, and we're, want to ordain you. And so, God's always called workers to the ministry and continues to do so today. God called Abraham and Moses and and Peter and Paul to particular ministries. In the same way, he calls us to specific ministries. And in this service, we set aside Matt Holdall for a special call to serve the Lord. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, and evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Matt Holdall has been called uh, to biblical ministry. Have you considered seriously the biblical ministry to which you were called? I have. I'll come closer. <laughs> Have you seriously considered the high level of integrity, morality, of Christian living to which you are called? I have. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, your Lord and Savior? I do. Will you strive to encourage the church and lead the lost to a saving relationship with Christ? I will. Will you remain faithful to the teaching of Scripture and teaching the whole counsel of God as you teach in the church? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Will you follow the leading of the authority of the local leadership of the church you serve, prompting unity in the cause of Christ? I will. 2 Timothy 4, 1 says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, to preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. 
each one of us are going to give you just a little short thing, and we're going to start off with Bob. Paul encourages ministers to preach the word. This is a basis for everything you do in the ministry. Always preach the word in your life. The good news is the message of the birth, life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your ministry is to take the good news and relate it to life. Matt, Paul encourages ministers to be prepared. The nature of good ministry is study. You are committing to a life of preparation. Much of your work will be done in the study. God works mightily through his Holy Spirit as you spend time developing lessons and sermons. This task takes discipline. <clears throat> discipline in season and out of season. Matt, uh, Paul encourages ministers to reprove. That's the word in the ESV. This is an area of potential cause for great harm or for great good, reproving. High-minded moralism will have the potential to crush those that you lead. Success will require complete patience that Paul spoke of in verse 2, along with the ongoing study of God's word. This study and memorization will give knowledge, but you must depend upon the Holy Spirit in your life to turn this knowledge into wisdom. Then and only then can godly reproof take place. Matt, Paul encourages ministers to rebuke, which was often about moral failure. I've found that this can be uh, some of the most difficult and yet fruitful conversations to have with people that you care for and love. Integrity at the center of yourself, at the core of your leadership team, will then filter into your body. And it's your responsibility to address those issues in love as it's needed. The last thing the scripture says is to exhort, and it kind of comes with two ideas. One is to encourage, and the other one is to urge. And so kind of twofold there is one is the Christians, to encourage the body and also to urge them towards faithfulness, but also the culture, that you would encourage the culture to examine the claims of Christ and, and to urge them to what they have to say. And so we, we, we charge you with all of these things, and we would like to pray for you now. And so if you would uh, just take a knee. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for, for Matt and his family. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would go ahead of him as you we've been praying already that you have that you would be with him, that would help him to, to be a faithful servant of yours, to examine your word and to teach your word. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, that you would be with him as he goes 
There's going to be hard times, Lord, and I ask that you would, you would encourage him during those times, Lord. I pray that you would go out in front of him, Holy Spirit, and that you would open doors, that you would lead the way. I pray, Lord, that you would bring people to him, as, as uh, Fred was talking about, the Holy Spirit, that you, would, that you would open doors, that you would lead. And Lord, right now, we pray for Matt and Tiffany. We pray for them, that they would, um, they would, they would they'd be held up. We thank you so much for their faithfulness to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like for you to have the opportunity to share a little bit here. Well, thank you, guys. You guys have been very encouraging and definitely helped me with the rebuking and the <laughs> good and bad. I've... Uh, not always been accepting of that rebuking, and I apologize, but I thank you for it because it's helped me to be the man I am today, and I appreciate it. So, in case you guys didn't know, I'm leaving, so <laughs> if you didn't catch that. So, so as you guys know, we're going to Albany, uh, replant, and it's uh, pretty much starting, like they said, a new church and an existing building with... Uh, um, saints that are willing to re replant there and so it's going to be hard and um, the median age there's 37 so it should be interesting um, different dynamic here I'm used to being around you guys who have a little more wisdom and so it should be harder to w work with them so you know how much I love you guys so um, I just thank you guys all for just the opportunity to uh, let me be part of this body and to pastor you, and I just uh, thank you for that, and it's been very encouraging and humbling, and I just thank you for that. So that's it. Oh, there's actually something else I forgot. Sorry. So um, I wanted to read something. So this is my favorite scripture that encompasses how I feel here. And uh, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. So, thank you. Now I'm done. Well, we've come to our time of communion. We'd like to invite the band up. These guys are going to stay just for a second. Uh, this moment makes me think of uh, how we are a priesthood of believers and that all of us are, are called and sent ones, as Fred gave us all the charge uh, to take this message of God's love to the world. And it is not our own qualifications, but it's what Jesus did on the cross that allows us to be a part of that ministry. And Jesus, in his last moments that he had with his disciples, was pouring his life out to them, saying the most important things in those last days and hours. It says in Luke chapter 22, it says, And when the hour came, he reclined at the table, and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you that I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this, divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, 
This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out for you. It is new covenant in my blood. And so in this time of communion, we just want to give praise to the one who has qualified us all to take his love and be a part of his message to the world. And so the ushers are going to pass the cup and the cracker. We want you just to take this time to worship and thank God uh, for including you in his plan and take those elements as you worship him. Let's pray. Lord, again, we thank you for being at the center of all things. God, that we don't have to rely on our own strength our own uh, worthiness, God, because we don't have the strength. We are not worthy, but you have taken care of everything. God, I thank you for your work on the cross that we can be complete uh, in, in, in you. God, we ask that you would be with us as we continue to worship you in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. You're in glory and creation. Now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is 
ask the ushers to come forward now for tithes and offerings. Um, this is also the opportunity to um, give in those heart envelopes for the holdalls as we send them out. Uh, once the tray is passed, please stand with us for the last song. Father, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Father. You are so good, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have given us, Father, so we can follow you. Lord, we pray that you would continue to stand beside us, Lord. Continue to lift us up when we fail. We thank you that you love us even when we do fail, even when we do disobey you and turn, Lord. You're still there waiting for us. We pray that you would be in control of our lives. We pray that you would move in our homes, Father. 
Help us to keep our eyes focused on you and to be obedient to your call on our lives, Lord. We thank you so much for everything, Lord. We thank you for your blessings in your name. Amen. Amen. Don't forget there's a picture out in the lobby to sign for the holdalls before you leave. And we have the barbecue right after second service. Food is provided. Come fellowship with us. Hang out. It's going to be great.